The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, April 20th, and this is the Wide Receiver Tight End Rankings Show. If you're watching it on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six, you can probably see us a little bit earlier because we record the show the day before. It's posted on YouTube. You can watch it there. Subscribe either way. We're going to break down wide receivers and tight ends with Ryan Wilson. Make sure and check out Ryan's big board and mock draft Monday 10.0 from yesterday's show. Sort of looks at the divergence between Ryan's big board and his mock draft. And uh, coming up, We'll be doing position-by-position rankings for every spot in the draft. We'll have a chat with Chris Trapasso about defensive linemen and offensive linemen. But uh, first, we got to dive in and do a breakdown of the uh, the wide receiver tight end rankings. Wilson, what's going on, buddy? I don't want to be the guy that complains, but I survived doing my seven-round mock draft. I have no interest in a seven-round mock draft. Oh. Writing nor reading one. You know what's funny? I was talking to um, – Scott this weekend and I said, Yeah, I just finished this thing up. And he said, Why why? Why are you doing that? And like he says, after like pick a hundred, how do you even know what to do? I said, like, yeah. yeah. You just go to team needs and fill those out. But inevitably what happens is that you end up every team's gonna have two or three positions, the same, you know, players playing the same position because you know, you have seven or eight, sometimes ten draft picks. You can't fill every single need. No. So that's not what the draft should be for anyway. Yeah, that's right. Because people someone you know, I actually surprisingly when I tweeted out the link this morning on as we're talking about this on on the nineteenth, uh, the responses were relatively not terrible. So I was like, yeah, all right, maybe people just got bored and couldn't read all the way down to two hundred fifty nine, which I understand. But uh, there were a few people that like that said, well, you didn't address this need, or you have them taking two wide receivers. So look, man, they got ten picks. They they're gonna they need to double up on some things. But yeah, yeah. anyway, I survived. And congratulations! Uh, can't wait to do it again next year. Did, uh, you know who we're missing today? Breach. We are missing Breach. He's not here with us, but that means that he's probably off either pushing his baby around a, a park or more likely grinding on the pick six newsletter, which I strongly encourage all of our listeners to read daily or at the very least go subscribe and then open and not read and then delete whatever you want to do it. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Breach has a ton of good content in there. It's pretty much an extension of the podcast plus with an, like an extra like boost of Breach's weird brain as he outlines the need to know everything around the league Monday through Friday. 
except Wednesdays when he walks Annabelle and his, and his cats in the park all day and Cody Benjamin takes over our pal Cody, uh, and he does Wednesdays. But either way, you're never missing out on NFL news and information in your inbox. Subscribe to the Pick 6 newsletter by visiting cbssports.com slash newsletter. Uh, Wilson, we were doing this on 420. Don't you know about 420, right? Smoke them if you got them. No, no, I was going to say it's Doge Day. Did you know that it's uh, Dog Coin Day? What is Dog Coin Day? <laughs> the um, uh, people on the Internet are hoping to push Dog Coin to 69 cents per, per coin uh, on 420. So that's. I don't get it. Why Why on 420? It's a, I don't know. It's, it's dog a, Coin's an NFT? No, no, Dog Coin's cryptocurrency. Okay. It's, uh, and it's like, but it's not like, like Bitcoin and all these other ones are based on like some actual underlying principle. Dog coins are, do- I kept calling it dog coin all weekend and my brother got me. He's like, it's Dogecoin. I'm like, it's, who cares, Charlie? Um, but the dog, the Dogecoin is. Charlie, I hate to agree with Brinson, but really, who does care? Yeah. He's like, it's Dogecoin. Please stop calling it dog coin. I'm like, shut up, man. It's a dog coin. Uh, anyway, it's just a meme. So yeah. let's see, let's see how high it can go. I hope, I hope I'll sell my dogs at, at 70 cents for sure. Anywho, wide receiver. Oh, before we get to wide receiver rankings, Alex Smith retired from the NFL on Monday. The former number one overall pick announcing that he was walking away from football after a 2020 season that saw him win comeback player of the year. Nothing but kind words from everybody around the NFL about Alex Smith. I don't, I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody Utter a, a mean phrase about him. You heard Andy Reid come out and say nice things. Patrick Mahomes, of course, Ron Rivera, the Washington football team had a great, uh, a great statement that he put out. Uh, Alex Smith had said, Ryan, that he had, he had heard from a couple of teams. I think Jacksonville and Houston were mentioned as possibilities, but ultimately decided just to walk away. Right. It's one thing if the Chiefs call you, if Houston's calling you, yeah, I think I'm going to retire. There's well, no- and, and the Houston thing was, primarily like hey listen we're interested but it's you we got to figure out what's the deal with the show have like eight other backup quarterbacks including ryan finley in that roster right ryan finley tyra tyra taylor right 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 so i think it was sort of like and i feel like gearing up and doing otas with the texans and then i get cut and uh with jacksonville they're taking trevor lawrence first overall and as such will not be using Alex Smith. So he'd basically be going there to be a mentor. And I just don't think he was interested in doing that. Uh, what, if you were thinking of your lasting impressions of Alex Smith, cause it's a really interesting career, right? He missed two full seasons, 2008 and 2019, 2008 because of a shoulder injury. And then 2019 because of the, you know, the infection in the, in the leg that, that he suffered uh, while playing for Washington in 2018, he was a bust and then he lived up to the hype and then he was a great game manager for Kansas City. It's just a fascinating career in terms of all these different. I would push back that he's maybe not even a bust. So I was actually thinking about this earlier. Sorry, no, I didn't. He's, he's not a bust. No, no. What? During San Francisco. I didn't even think in San Francisco his time there. He, 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 was, to, he, he was a bust. He was a bust. It was a fun. terrible team. And here's my question. Truly terrible team because the conversation in 2005 was, is it going to be Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers? What if Alex Smith goes to the Packers? He probably doesn't have Aaron Rodgers' career, but you would imagine that he's probably more consistent and, and consistently better over the course of the 2005 to 2020 than having started with the 49ers where he struggled until, in part until Jim Harbaugh showed up. Yeah. I, you know, I always found one of the fascinating things about Alex Smith's career with Jim Harbaugh. So Alex Smith is, 
for whatever reason, don't ask me why I know this. Oh, you know, I know why I know this because I, I used to write for NBC Bay Area, just like you used to write for NBC Connecticut. And New York before that. I was a big fan, right. maybe. And Alex. Shout out, shout out John Ness. Alex, yeah, that's right. Shout out John Ness. Uh, Alex Smith was for, for whatever reason is a Padres fan. And he would wear a Padres hat all the time because that was his team. And people in San Francisco hated it because, you know, they're all Giants fans and they didn't want him being a Padres fan. They don't want the, the 49ers quarterback to be a Padres fan. I guess I get it on some weird level, even though he was not from San Francisco. Jim Harbaugh shows up and makes him start wearing Giants hats. It's like, trust me, dude. You wear it, people will like you better. It'll make you feel better. You won't feel like they're pushing back. Do you think you. Jim Harbaugh made him do that and he told him that while not wearing a shirt? Maybe, or yeah, just chugging milk as it runs down his chest. <laughs> shirt and khakis. Hey, come here. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think, I just think that the makeover that Jim Harbaugh did, I mean, absolutely changed everything about Alex Smith's career. I mean, you know, this is a guy that then became, um, you know, 17 touchdowns, five picks in 2011. And ended up missing time. He got not, he suffered a concussion in 2012, right? He was kind of taking over and it looked like Harbaugh, you know, he was going to be Harbaugh's guy and he was going to produce, uh, well, I think it was 2012. Yeah. With the, the concussion. And as a result, Colin Kaepernick took over and took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. And then Alex Smith moved on to Kansas City after Andy Reid acquired him. And at that point, he made three Pro Bowls before being traded to the Washington football team. Yeah, so he was um, replaced by Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, then replaced by Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, and then went to Washington. Here's a sort of a fun fact. He had a winning record at all three of his stops. Not surprising in Kansas City and even in Washington. But in San Francisco, by the time it was all seven done, said and done after seven years, 38, 36, and one. I, it was that one tie. That feels like something that would happen against the Bengals. I'd have to double check if that's who they tied. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I'll tell you, it was the 2012 season with San Francisco when he had the tie. And I think it was the Bengals, actually. No, it was the Rams. Uh, ah, there you go. 24 so I was all. Say, the Bengals, unfortunately, wasn't the Bengals, but the Rams kept him from getting to 100 wins. He finished 99-67 and one. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you split his career up into t- different segments. You know, I think it's really, there was from 2005 when he was drafted, and you make a good point, you know, like Aaron Rodgers got to sit. Maybe Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been good in San Francisco the first three years, or he would have looked like Alex Smith had suffered an injury, and then he would have finally maybe started to get his 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 game back going. You know, 2005 to 2010, it's just, you know, disappointing seasons for a guy picked as highly as he was. And then Harbaugh comes in in 2011 and 2012, you know, really a resurgence. And then Andy Reid brings him under his wing and they, they did some damage in Kansas City for several years. And it just so happened that they drafted Patrick Mahomes. And what are you going to do? In fact, give him credit for holding off Patrick Mahomes for a full season. Knowing what we know now, it's kind of incredible. Yeah. I, again, I don't fault him for how things started in San Francisco. Dennis Erickson was the coach. They won two games a year before. Erickson got fired and Mike Nolan was his coach the first year in 2005. And that team won four games. Nolan was there for, oh God, three and a half seasons. They never had a winning record. Then Mike Singletary took over and that was a train wreck. Uh, that didn't really work out. It wasn't until Harbaugh arrived in 2011 that things immediately turned a corner. Like immediately. from Immediately. 2003 to 2009 they never had a winning season. And then 20, 2010, excuse me. And then in 2011, Harbaugh shows up and they win 11, 11, 12 games. They win eight and eight the next year. And then Harbaugh said, I'm out. Yeah. And Alex Smith also had the, 
a legendary uh, 28-yard touchdown run in the in, in the in the divisional round of that 2011 season against the Saints to knock them out of the playoffs before falling just shy in the NFC Championship game against the the Giants, who would go on to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I mean, it was a, a lot of close calls for for Alex Smith and and and, and the 49ers and the Chiefs. Um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh God, I, I was gonna joke. Is he in Hall of Famer over Julian Edelman, or what do you think? I was is a joke. Why would you even say that? He won 99 football games. And I know QB wins isn't a thing, but, I mean, great career. I would argue the toughest player in NFL history, given what he overcame. Julian Edelman, Julian Edelman would like a word. How's he tougher than, how's Julian Edelman tougher than him? I'm just kidding. Uh, I think, I think Alex Smith is like pretty high up there on the quarterback win list. Yeah, but if, if the, you know, that's not a, a measure in which one uses to determine Hall of Fame candidacy, then. Of course not. But I mean, come on. He is 18th all time in quarterback wins. He's two and five, I think, in the playoffs, something like yeah. that. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm just here are the guys who, who have more wins than he does. I'm just, you brought the wins first and, and second. So Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Big Ben, John Elway, Dan Marino, Philip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Fran Tarkenton, Johnny Unitas, Eli Manning, Joe Montana, Matt Ryan, Terry Bradshaw, Warren Moon, and Jim Kelly. The only guys not in the Hall of Fame are the ones who are currently active and the ones who just retired. Is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? I think I think he will be. Should have won that Super Bowl. Sure, if he'd won the Super Bowl, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I, I don't think Alex Smith is getting in. No, well, Hall of very good. Hall of very good with Drew Bledsoe and Joe Flacco. He is the only person in the Hall of Super Tough. I'll give him that. All right, so great story. I'm glad he's healthy. I'm glad incredible, he, incredible 16 year career for Alex Smith. And he leaves the game away, being able to walk, play with his kids. I his am daughter quite, Al eventually. I'm quite pleased that we don't have to worry about seeing him suffer another major injury. That felt dicey at times. Right. During the season. All right. So let's talk about the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback, the wide receiver rankings in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, you have, we have your top 10 wide receivers. Then we'll dive into top five tight ends. Do you feel like your rankings are generally the, uh, are they in line with the consensus? Do you have some outliers? How, how, do, how does this work out? Um, Amari Rogers, 10, Tylen Wallace, nine, Terrence Marshall, eight. Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall. Oh, yeah. Lord. So uh, that's fine. There aren't very many people named Terrace. So, uh, yeah. So I think the wide receiver class is one where things are sort of interesting and in that people have a lot of different opinions, starting with number two. I think most people, think Jamar Chase is number one. But after that, it gets interesting. So at the bottom, I like Amari Rodgers a lot as a slot receiver. He actually worked out. I think he did some running back drills at his pro day. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I asked you this before, but I asked you again, see if you remember. You know who Amari Rodgers' dad is? Famous um, Tennessee alum. Uh, Not Peyton Manning. But he is the only quarterback. Is it, is it, is it, wait, is it yes, T. Martin? That's right. Oh, okay. I was like trying to think of somebody named Rodgers. Yeah, he did what Peyton Manning never could at Tennessee. He won it all, baby. That's right. The year after Peyton Manning left. After he left or before he, after he left? You're right. That's right. Yeah. yeah so it was immediately following Peyton Manning's departure from Tennessee. Cause he was in the I draft. I was living in Tennessee at the time. Oh God. That's an old year. He was in the same draft class as Tom Brady, I do believe. But anyway, I like Amari Rogers as a slot receiver, as sort of a, a gadget guy you can get the ball to. Uh, near the line of scrimmage, he can do damage because he, he runs like a running back, which explains why he got some running back carries. Tylen Wallace is, is a fun guy towards ACL in 2019. Um, 
but incredibly tough at the catch point. He's, he's undersized. I think he has some pretty good pro day numbers in terms of what he ran. Doesn't create a lot of separation when you watch him play, but I, I like his toughness and, um, he's a guy I'd like to see the Steelers. That's sort of my, my gauge of, uh, where I rank these guys. Terrace Marshall, you mentioned at eight. I think he's probably, for me, he's a second round guy. He, maybe he sneaks to the first because he's, he's big, big catch radius, can run, ran in the four threes his pro day. But the issue for me, and I've said this before in the podcast, is that uh, he was at his best when he was the third fiddle, if you will, after Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So is he a first-round talent, like a legit number one? I, I don't know. Elijah Moore at number seven is a slot guy. Um, also ran really fast this pro day, but he plays fast too. And he played an Ole Miss in that offense. And I think I had him going in my seven-round mock draft, which came out Monday in the second round to the Steelers, uh, not the Steelers, to the uh, Patriots as a sort of Julian Edelman Next man up situation. I don't know if he'll be the Hall of Famer that Julian Edelman is, but um, he's a he's a really fun player to watch. So at four, five, and six, you have Kadarius Tony, Rondell Moore, and Rashad Bateman. Those are your four, five, and six rankings. Out of those three, how many end up going in the first round? One and a half is the over under. Yes, that is that is correct. Four and a half. Well, it's really more like two. Because the juice is obscene right now. It's like, I think it's minus 200 or thereabouts. I will Kadarius look up. Tony, I would take him in the first round. Rashad Bateman, I've talked myself into taking him into the first round. I've said it before, but I'll repeat it. His 2019 tape is awesome. His 2020 season was up and down. In part, I think it had to do with him having COVID over the summer. He said it, it affected him. I think he lost some weight and didn't play quite up to the, to the standards that we saw in 2019. So I think he's going to bounce back. Uh, Rondell Moore, my only concern is that he's 5'7". So... You know, um, uh, what's five seven is short. Cheetah. What's Cheetah's name? Can't remember. Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is five nine. So he feels like the floor of guys you're going to, and Tyree Kill is unbelievably special. Rondell Moore has a chance to be special, but he only played seven games the last two years. So there's the durability concerns, but he does a lot of things that are like, Oh my God, I can't believe this just happened by a human being in a football game. So I'll say, I'll take the under on. On two. I think one gets drafted out of those three, but I, I like all those guys for different reasons. So you think that the under is the bet then? I, it, it's hard to say. So the Packers need a wide receiver. The Packers, for some idiotic reason, refuse to take wide receivers in the first round. So they're <laughs> there at the bottom of the first round. Take a wide receiver. Um, the Saints could sort of target a wide receiver, but they have defensive needs there. The Ravens at 27 could take a wide receiver, but JLC wrote on Monday that they could be in the business of trading down. So maybe they're not even going to be there. The Jaguars at 25 could take a wide receiver. If they want to help out Trevor Lawrence. So there are teams that are going to be there. The Jets pick a few picks before that. Maybe they do. There are teams that are going to need wide receivers, but I don't know if they, they go in other directions with the offensive line class, with the edge rush guys who will probably go up the board there. Maybe some cornerbacks are there that they like. So I'm going, yes, I'm sticking with my guns. I'm going under. Okay. I'm going to try and bring up a page. Well, I don't know why this is acting up and not letting me go to it. Uh, have you seen, do you, do you mess around with mockdraftable.com at all? Yeah, they've been, it's been tough for them this year to update the, the player comps because I think they've been slow in getting the data, but they, they do send out tweets periodically saying, oh, we have this position group in there. Yeah, I love that place. Love yeah. That. So, so some of the comps for, I can't get it to load on my, my desktop for some reason. I was going to bring up, I was going to show the page just because Rondell Moore's, I've never seen anything like Rondell Moore's spider web chart. Have you seen it? Uh, look at it. It's like a half moon. 
<laughs> it is. I mean, like, he hits every single. He's in the 79th percentile on 20-yard shuttle, 89th three-cone drill, 82nd broad jump, 98th vertical jump, 96th 40-yard dash, 96th 20-yard split. His, his 10-yard split is actually 43. And then just nothing in terms of height, weight, length, arm size. Look at Debo. Oh, Debo is so good at this. Uh, thanks, Debo. I try, Debo and I are a good, good combo because I know how to fill a buster so Debo can get something going. Um, so look, so yeah, I mean, that's, he's that's five a, seven and he yeah. has 28 inch arms. High, the high, the five seven height is one percentile among all wide receivers. Sure. 20, 28 inch arms is zero percentile. So that's, that's the issue. His catch radius is basically his face. That's, it's not great, but he's so dynamic. So I, I don't know what you do. Like, I don't know if, if you take a flyer on around one and is it, see, it doesn't feel in the, some of the comps there, scroll down a little bit, Debo. You see Isaiah McKenzie, Miko Hardman, Greg Dorch, uh, Philip <laughs> Thorsett and Braxton Barrios. Love Greg Dorch. I, I just, those guys haven't panned out, obviously, the way that you would hope. And by the way, that's Arizona Mike Thomas, not, not, that's, not Saints Mike Thomas. That's right. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I feel like. I feel like going with a smaller wide receiver while risky. I, I feel like, I feel like if Rondell Moore is, you know, and it's dumb. It's like if he's three inches taller, he's going in the first round. It's not a question. Oh my God. Yeah. But if you scroll up at the very top there, Debo, Andy Isabella is the best comp and he was a second round pick and he has not exactly blown the doors off. Your guy, there. Andy Isabella. He ran in the four threes. He was a sprinter. He actually was faster than Denzel Ward coming out of high school when they ran the hundred. But Elijah Moore is right below him. We just talked about him. And then Jalen Darnold, Darden, excuse me, is fourth. And he's a similar type, body type. And he's has a chance. He'll probably go on day three. But he he scored something like 19 touchdowns from North Texas this year. Mm. Yeah, it stinks. Like Jalen Waddle, you're not going to get any comps on in terms of you know speed and all that. It's, a, well, what it's, is, it's just it? tough. Yeah, I just looked. He doesn't have anything, just the wingspan and all that. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. Yeah, because I feel like Henry Ruggs is probably. Oh, they have some comps. Yeah, they have comps, but you can only base the comps on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Height, weight, hand size. You can't. You know, you you need all the things to go into to to make the yeah. comps work. Uh, so yeah, I, I, one of the things that I think has been interesting is the Kadarius Tony stuff. He felt like a first rounder a lock early on, and has sort of drifted into that late second or early late first, early second. I mean, Peter Schrager was saying a week ago. We talked about this last on on the mock draft show, but that he thinks Canary Tony can be top 15. I don't think – see, I think this is how – this is how the over-under is going to work. It's going to go one of two ways, and it sort of hinges on the four, five, six, the picks up there. Because if the Falcons take Kyle Pitts and then the Bengals take Jamar Chase, I think the Dolphins might take Jalen Waddle. We'll talk about those guys in a minute. Maybe, maybe Devontae Smith. We'll see. That's what happened in my seven round mock draft. And as I said in Twitter, I got all 259 picks correct. So that makes sense to me. Well, (laughs) if those three guys go four, five, six, or even Devontae Smith goes six, if the three, if three of the four top pass catchers in this draft go four, five, six, I, I really think there's a good chance that we see Two to three more wide receivers at least go in the first round. Ooh, five. I would imagine I haven't seen, you know, this is what I like to do. I haven't seen um William Hill, but four and a half, I would guess, is what the over under under is for first Minus round. Minus two ten is the over. It is? Juiced up to the over, yes. Ooh, saucy. So, so you so you had Devontae Smith going twelve and 
Uh, it's it, man. It all it also depends on these you know these needs. Are these guys going to take these edge rushers down here or yeah, running so back? I, are you I, taking? I, a, I had five guys going in my first round. So Tony, hey, you have Canarius Tony going twenty seven and Bateman twenty nine. You yeah. clown, get out of here! I know. Just, just threw away two hundred and ten dollars. And that's not that's not even hard. It's not hard to get to five either. But I mean, this assumes that the Packers will do something different and take a wide receiver. This assumes the Ravens don't trade down, but it also assumes the teams that are trading up don't want these guys as well. So you just don't know. Yeah, I would take. I wouldn't bet the over because it's two hundred ten dollars. But I would be. Oh, I didn't lose two ten. I bet the under. You lost a hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to bet the under though. Yeah, I don't know. I, if I, I don't know if I'm betting the over at five and a half either, though. I would stay away. <laughs> yeah, I think if you got it at 150 to 175, you you count you count your stars, and if it's minus 200, you just got to bail on it. So, um, no, I like. Well, I think. But what? Oh, sorry. What's separate? Like, what's? I mean, obviously, Tony's a more physical wide receiver, and more sort of a. I mean, Bateman's a no. More is the speed demon and the and the tiny fella. Yeah, Moore's sort of a slot guy undersized. Kadarius Tony's 5'11", I think, but he plays like a running back with the ball in his hands. He has had some focus drops, and that's one of the concerns with him. Maybe that sees him drop into the early second round. But Schrager has talked to people that said, whatever, top 15. And, you know, the Mr. Trubisky example, it only takes one person. So, you know, that, that's – yeah, of course it could happen. Bateman um, looked undersized last year. He he played bigger and stronger and faster, I thought, in 2019. So he he played outside primarily. Um, he can play inside, but yeah, they five, I think five is, is going to be close. That's going to be a, a fun one to watch. Well, again, if it, if Miami goes Waddle or Smith and then the Giants go Smith or Waddle, whoever's left over, suddenly Debo, the Eagles could be left in Kadarius Tony. How would you feel about that at 12? Not thrilled. <laughs> Not thrilled. They just took Jalen Rager and that didn't work out. That's just a repeat of last year. Right. Yeah. It, it does. It does feel like that. Not Eagles in the team. sense that, you know, you're passing up on someone better, but in, yeah, just I mean, in you terms of an extreme reach and getting too cute. Howie Roseman known for getting too cute with some of these picks. Let's just, let's just go by that. I joked about that when they traded back from 12. I was like, all right, I'd be happy with pretty much any possibility. Besides, you know, reaching for one of these receivers. I'd be, I'd be happy with Rashawn Slater at 12. I'd be happy with JC Horn. Not happy with the fourth receiver or beyond. So Brenton, uh, I gave old Eric D. Berardinus a shout out on, on HQ on Monday. Ooh, go on. How so? I was talking to Amanda Garrett about the, the Eagles picks in my seven round mock draft and I, and, uh, she described the Eagles as a mess. And I said, our very own. Eric D. Berdinas, the Pick 6 podcast producer, will not even read the scathing article from The Athletic because he wants to <laughs> remain in his happy place. That's how messed up that organization is, and then I went on. That is how messed up it is. Uh, all right, so the top three. There's a, uh, is there a huge gulf? You know, before, is there a gulf between Ryan Wilson's top three and the rest of the receivers? We'll tell you after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So the big three, I mean, for me, there's a golf. Maybe I need to do more Kadarius Tony work or Rondell Moore work. But, man, uh, these these top three guys, and you Ooh, can see it, it's pretty clearly – uh, displayed by the odds here. There's Jamar, Jamar Chase minus 600 to be the first wide receiver taken according to William Hill. Devontae Smith six to one. Jalen Waddle seven to one. And then next up is Rashad Bateman at 40 to one. I, I would be stunned if any of the big three were taken first. I wouldn't be, I would be shocked, but I wouldn't be stunned if Jalen Waddle went ahead of Jamar Chase. Thoughts on that? Yeah. No, that's reasonable. Last year, Henry Ruggs went, went ahead of Jerry Judy. And CD Lamb and, you know, some people were surprised. And I think Pete Briscoe actually said he had heard that Henry Ruggs might go first. Turns out Justin Jefferson should have been the first pick, but that's the whole, that's why it's crapshoot. Like I, I do, like, do you think that anyone on planet earth is putting any money down on Seth Williams because he's 20,000 to one? No. 200, right? 200 to one. It's not even good odds. I'm sorry. Plus 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Diami Brown is 150 to one. There's no chance he's going to be the first wide receiver taken. None. I, I feel like. Even at a dollar, I don't even know if you can bet a dollar. That's wasted a dollar. Like you would be better yeah. served taking that dollar, crumbling it up and throwing it in someone's face that you don't like. You would get more satisfaction out of that. I don't think, I think the only bettable item on here. Well, to, well you could do, I'll, I'll throw a caveat on that. The only bettable item on this particular prop is Jalen Waddle, seven to one first wide receiver. If you, if you love Devontae Smith, maybe he could be the first one. I just have a hard time. Let's say that the Bengals are the first team eligible to take a wide receiver. Are they taking Jalen Waddle over Joe Burrow's boy, Jamar Chase? That would be insane. It would be a slap in the face. Even if they take Panay Sewell, then do you think the Dolphins – maybe the Dolphins at six could take Waddle over Jamar Chase. That's not that's not out of this world crazy. Assuming that Kyle Pitts has gone to the Falcons, I think you take Waddle or or Chase, and depending on what you're looking for. but I, Maybe I like- maybe you want to make sure Tua plays with a guy who's – Outwardly expressed that Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua. <laughs> I was going to say, Jamar Chase did wonders for Joe Burrow. Perhaps he could do the same for Tua Tonga Bailoa. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think Jamar Chase is my number one. Jalen Waddle went first. It wouldn't surprise me. I have Devontae Smith as my number two on my big board because he's awesome. If he weighed 185 pounds, uh, we'd be talking about him as possibly the, the first wide receiver off the board. But because he weighs 170 and he's 6'1", there are durability concerns, even though he was quite durable in college. In fact, the only issue he had was the broken finger he had, which had nothing to do with him being slight of frame. But Jalen Waddle to me is better than Henry Ruggs coming out, and um, he's a four-down player, can return kicks, is super exciting, yada, yada, yada. And as I mentioned, I had him going to the Dolphins at six because Jamar Chase went five to the Bengals in my latest mock draft. Seven-round mock draft. Yeah, you have Devontae Smith then falling to – oh, you have Jalen Waddle going six. Man, I watched Jalen Waddle. I know you have him. So, did you think about flipping these on the big board? Jalen Waddle above Devontae Smith? Yeah, it's close, but I wanted to give Devontae Smith the respect he's due. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He dominated. Jalen Waddle was hurt for most of the 2020 season with the ankle injury. Jalen Waddle, I mean, um, Devontae Smith took over games and he did, you know, 
yes, the offensive line's great. Yes, they have Mechie, who's going to be a first-round pick probably at some point. Yes, Nick Saban's coaching him, yada, yada, yada. I get all that. But he, the dude was balling out. So, uh, yeah, no, I feel like he's the second-best wide receiver in this draft class. And like I said, if he's 185, he might be number one. Okay. I would take Waddle over Devontae Smith, I think. It's it's pretty close. And that's what was reflected in my actual draft because I would imagine NFL teams feel the same as you do. I think you get all the things that you get with Devontae Smith except with a bigger player. Waddle Devontae, is fast as hell. Waddle's Devontae, faster than Smith. Dev- yeah, yeah, he is. He's 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 probably he's almost as fast as Henry Ruggs. But Devontae's taller than Waddle. Is Devontae Waddle, taller than Waddle? Waddle's small. Waddle, Waddle's maybe five ten. Okay, he plays bigger. Uh, he does. He looks. I think he plays bigger as well. But he he is. Waddle not, Waddle and Jamar Chase both play bigger. Jamar Chase is legitimate. He's Anquan Bolden, but he can run a four three eight. Why? I mean, I thought he was shorter. He was probably standing next to Justin Jefferson, who's taller. Yeah. How tall is Jamar? Jamar Chase is six feet tall. He's six feet even. Yep. Okay. Right. All right. I guess that's not big though. No, but he's thick. Like Anquan thick is what I'm saying. Yeah. But but fast. Anyway, my point being is that Jamar Chase for Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle are my top two guys. You okay. disagree slightly. Just slightly. All three. You're right though. From three to four, there's a there's a gap. It's like going from the top five quarterbacks to the sixth quarterback. There's a there's a gap there. Yeah. I, I guess I guess what I'm saying is, even though when I watch Jalen Waddle play, and I watch Jamar Chase play, and I'm not saying they're the same size. I just feel like they look like it's not. They look like NFL sized players to me. And Devontae think, Smith looks a little bit smaller. Yeah, he's tall and sort of drawn out. I agree. I don't disagree with that. I was surprised that final Jalen Waddle was five ten. Um, I, he does play bigger than that in my mind. But to your point, he's in. The speed is bonkers crazy. I mean, he was still a blur when um, he was playing in the championship game on a, on a bad wheel. Yeah. he's. I mean, his speed is insane. All right, so, yeah, I guess Jalen Waddle's 5'10", and Devontae Smith is 6 feet. I don't see that. How do I not see that? I I, get, I think they're, like, flipped in my mind. That's crazy. I don't know. Right. Uh, so, so, anyway, so tell, talk to me about Jamar Chase. and huh. He's awesome. Like, he is absolutely awesome. It was funny. I was talking to someone. Earlier today about Jamar Chase, um, I was like, yeah, I didn't know if he was going to run that fast. I was surprised. And he's like, yeah, he was a 4-4 guy all day long. That didn't surprise me at all. And he was actually 4-3-8. And the funny thing is he was the slow, I think it was the slowest of the receivers at their pro day. So it was Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, who we've talked about, and Racy McMath, who was like the number four receiver in that offense in 2019, um, who has, who's a special teams star. So he's going to get drafted primarily for that. And then the, the upside that it comes with being a, a tall, Big catch radius wide receiver, but Jamar Chase was the best player on that team in 2019 after Joe Burrow. And that also included Justin Jefferson, who of course had 1400 receiving yards as a rookie for Minnesota and who, as Debo will tell you, the Oof, Eagles passed on. Tough, tough. That's mean, man. Do what's the lowest? All right. What's the floor for Jamar Chase in this draft? Well. Quarterbacks going one, two, three. I mean, the Falcons, it would be crazy if they took Jamar Chase, I think, only because of Julio and, and Calvin. I don't think it's because of Julio and Calvin so much as Kyle Pitts. It's like, that's what I mean. Yeah. You take that, you take that pass catcher as opposed to the other. Yeah. That's right. right. So the Bengals could take Panay Sewell, but I think we all agree that they, it feels like they're not going to. So we think the, the ceiling for Jamar Chase is five. No. I guess um, the ceiling can be oh, four. Oh, no, yeah. No, five. Yeah. Yeah. Unless someone trades up to four, because we, we, I think we agree the Falcons aren't going to do it. Right. So sure. ceiling is five. But if the Dolphins, let's say the Bengals take Panay, let's say the Dolphins take Jalen, 
The Lions take a a, a quarterback, Justin Fields. Mm. The Panthers. I have, think the Panthers would take Jamar Chase. They at have eight. to take Jamar Chase at eight. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the floor, unless you know, assuming no one trades, that has to be the floor. Like you can't his, pass on Jamar Chase. His uh, his his over under, by the way, is uh, oh, it's moved. It it was six and a half. Uh, I see on a local and juiced like minus one eighty two to the under. Yeah. With the expectation that it's either going five or six. And now at William Hill, it is over under five and a half Jeez. minus 115 on both sides. I would not, you're basically coin flipping on Panay Sewell. See, when you get the six, I think I got an earlier six and a half at minus 133. That's what I prefer. Cause then you get two shots. You get the, you get three right. shots, the trade up, the Bengals and the, <sighs> and the Dolphins. I don't know that I would. I if I'm betting on that over under five and a half for Jamar Chase, one I'm taking I'm taking the under if I take it. Yep. And right. two and two I'm waiting till like as long as possible to take that under because I want to I'm hoping to hear some buzz come out yeah, as we get I mean, closer to the draft. That's a risk because the line can move. Sure, but I mean I don't think they're not going to drop it to four and a half. It's just going to be five and a half, and the juice might move. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah, I think I like the under two. I think the Bengals, that's who they're eyeballing. I will tell you this too, that Jalen Waddles over under. Do you know what his over under is? Uh, seven and a half. Eleven and a half. People, people go bet this under. Go bet this under now. You get five shots here. It's going to be close. Like I, I could see the man. We know that the Giants are going to do it. It would make sense for the Giants to do it, but Dave Gettleman. Gi- Giants could do it. Giants could do it. It's, by the way, by the way, by the way, this number is on the move. It was plus one hundred, and now it's minus one thirty-five. I just think when you look at, so again, quarterbacks go in top three. We don't. We think it's either a trade up for a quarterback or Kyle Pitts at four. If it's a trade up, that changes things because then the Bengals could go Kyle Pitts. Let's say they still go Jamar Chase. Let's say it's Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. Even if the Dolphins went, so the Dolphins go Devontae Smith or, or Panay Sewell, I can see Waddle landing at seven, eight, or 11. That's a lot of looks for it. You put a lot of faith in Dave Gettleman. Seven and eight, I get. 11, I don't even know Dave Gettleman's draft history. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin, is that his guy? Or is that someone mm-hmm. else? Yep. You think he's not scared off by that? He, he does. Draft- He's never taken the same position in a back-to-back first round. He only, but he even took a heavy set. Unless you, unless you count drafting Christian McCaffrey and then Saquon Barkley in back-to-back years with different teams. I mean, he even took a heavy set wide receiver. He likes big guys for defensive and offensive line, and he took a big wide receiver like Jalen Waddle. I just think, I just think he would get Daniel Johnson. I think he wants to get Daniel Johnson help, and I don't know that even a Rashawn Slater or a Christian Darrisaw makes sense if you have Nate Solder there to play right tackle this year. I'm just saying. I don't think Cowboys, I mean, Giants fans would, would agree with their sentiments about Nate Solder being the answer. That's fine. I need Rashawn Slater to come off before 11. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we like the over four and a half wide receivers there. And, and maybe then there's not a whole lot to bet on these wide receivers. Bet the under on Jalen Waddles. And, uh, if What's you can find basis, did we say that already? Yes. It was well, five and a half on William Hill now. If you can find a six and a half, take right. that under. Not to. Devontae Smith also 11 and a half. Ooh. So do you take them both, Waddle and Smith? Is that a good hedge or not? Um, no, uh, no, both could happen, but. Yeah, I don't know the math on that. 
Yeah, you would need. I mean, you don't want to take them both. That you don't okay. want to take them both. I don't think. Uh, okay. I will let you guys know about CBS Sports HQ. In fact, just remember that I'm on CBS Sports HQ on Monday afternoon. Very excited for it. I'm sure to be in a thrilling. If you're listening on Tuesday, tough luck. You didn't get to see it, but we talked. Oh, Clowney signing with the Browns will be our top talking people. Uh, podcast aficionados know how much I love talking about Jadavian Clowney on CBS Sports HQ. Uh, and, uh, it's your home to start your sports news day with live updates. I saw Ryan Wilson on there at eight o'clock this morning when I turned it on first thing to find out what the latest draft buzz was. Ryan Wilson yelling about Mac Jones. Three. 8 p.m. Eastern, it kicks off. And HQ is always your home ahead of the evening's action with live picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world each day at 6 p.m. Eastern. As we get closer to the NFL draft, leave HQ on all day for the latest NFL news, rumors, and mock drafts ahead of round one on April 29th. Think of HQ as your ultimate NFL draft war room. So check out HQ on your computer or cbssports.com or via the CBS Sports app on your mobile phone or TV. It's always free. It's always on CBS Sports HQ. You know what's funny? What's that? I got bumped from the four o'clock show. So thankfully I got bumped so you could do Javian Clowney, which makes my day. (laughs) Well, I will say that, uh, Riley, Scott Riley, our producer sent me and Rob a text. Uh, it's like, uh, oh, no, you are on this. You're not bumped. It says you're on. I don't think so. No. Um, I'll double check, but I don't think I am. Anyway, what does Scott say? Oh, he just said, can't wait for a great show with the best in the business. Talk about David Clowney off the top. Is that, oh, that's funny. I think I'm on this show. Maybe he's joking with me. I don't know. Anywho, tight ends. Is this, are any of the tight ends good outside of Kyle Pitts? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm nervous yeah. now. I'm, I want to double check that. Uh... All right, here are your top five. Kyle Pitts, one. Pat Freermuth out of Penn State, two. Tommy Trimble from Notre Dame, three. Hunter Long from Boston College, four. And Brevin Jordan from Miami, five. What a murderer's row of ACC tight ends. Uh, okay. I just texted Quinn to double check. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Pat Fryermuth. So it's not Muth, it's Muth, which I found out during the season. He is, uh, I don't know how much Penn State football Debo watched this year. I think he was on and off. Oh, I am not on the show. Thank you. But, uh, he's awesome. Like he is, here's the deal. Like he's not a great blocker, but again, you're not drafting these guys. Um, except for Tommy Trimble, who actually is a really good blocker. You're not drafting these guys, in the top 50, top 60, top 75 picks to, to come in there and block if you're looking for a, a, a pass receiver. And that's what Frymuth is. He played a lot in the slot. That offense at Penn State ran through him. And I'm trying to think, I had him going to the Jaguars in the second round in my seven round mock draft. They're, oh yeah, God, they have so many picks. Their second, second round pick, I haven't taken Fryermuth to help out Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but the thing is, I was talking to, to some folks in the league about Hunter Long, who, um, I have as my number four tight end out of Boston College. A lot of people like him and a lot, and some people think he's not even that far behind Fryermuth in terms of his ability to, to be a, a sort of traditional Y tight end, if you will, inline guy. Uh, he's not insanely athletic, doesn't create a lot of separation, but he's sort of a reliable middle of the field target. And, um, had a lot of production at, at BC. And I don't know where I had him going in the mock draft. I have to search his name, but I think I had him going late in round three and he could end up going there and he may end up going a little higher. Perhaps he goes early in round four. Uh, in between those two guys in my rankings, I have Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame. Uh, not a lot of production, but that's primarily because 
he blocks his ass off. Like it's insane. He's, he's incredibly athletic when you watch him play. He moves really well, but just wasn't a big part of that offense early on. Got some looks uh, in 2020. By the way, you had Pat Fryer Muth going to the Jaguars at 45 overall and Hunter Long going to the 49ers at 102nd overall. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that's a comp pick, the, the one second that, one. That was, that was. I like Hunter Long and Travis, uh, not Travis Kelsey. Uh, what's his name? Uh, George Kittle, uh, as the tight end, presumably having Matt Jones throw him the ball. Now that's something I can get behind McCorkle. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Tommy Trimble, I'd like, and, and I, I think he was on Pete's better than team. And he's going to get better. He's one of those guys that can be better than the NFL. Just hadn't had a lot of production because he wasn't targeted very often, but already can block. And, like, he's insanely good as a blocker. But uh, he has the athleticism to be a good pass receiver as well. And then finally, Brevin Jordan, also really athletic, um, tight end out of Miami. Didn't block a lot, but, again, this in these quarter these uh, tight ends, you don't need them to block in most cases. Uh, the funny thing about Brevin Jordan was, like I said, athletic, good yak guy, not great contested catch situations which is sort of a concern for a tight end, but there's a lot of things that he does really well. So um, he could be a third round, fourth round guy. I feel like um, after that, it's not incredibly deep at the tight end class. Let me see who else I have. I know you don't have him on this list, but just so I, just for completeness sake. Yeah. The next tight end I have is a, I have a fifth round grade on him is Kenny Yaboa at Ole Miss at the, the temple transfer. Um, and then it gets, it starts to get a little thin depending on what you're looking for. So, yeah, those are my top five tight ends as you have them there. And I suspect they will all be gone in the top 150 picks. It would not surprise me. Oh, all right. So it's just Kyle Pitts is turbo elite, and then the rest of the guys are, are pretty good and kind of interesting prospects. The over for tight ends in the first round is one and a half, and it's plus 360. Would you for would the you, For the under? For the over. Over, yeah. Oh, yeah, what's the under? Uh, under is my, minus 475. It's un, unbettable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, you can bet it. It's just, you're not going to make very much on it. Right. There's no way to, to, no way. No way. Words that come to haunt me. Right. Path the nine and seven for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. Well, I got to tell you, I made an early mistake because I thought the number was too good. I always fall for this. I'm so stupid. It's like Davis Mills is going to get, is it Davis Mills? Davis Mills, right? He's like, he's going to get like, or, or Kyle Trask. Somebody's going to trade back into the first to get one of those guys. And every year we say that. And every year I take the over, the juiced up over on the quarterbacks. And every year it doesn't hit. Um, over but, five and a half quarterbacks is okay. plus 350. It only takes one. I, I would not. Here's the thing with Davis Mills. He started 11 games. I get the fifth year option. How did the fifth year option work out for Mr. Bisky and the Bear? That's not my, that's my fallback on everything. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. So, the fifth yeah. year option, fifth year option at the bottom of the first round is a lot cheaper though. Fifth year option at the second, and second overall is, is expensive. I guess the Saints make some sense, but if I'm the Saints, I would rather have Kellamon. I just, Kevin Kellamon's my guy. Um, I just think you can wait and, I, I, t- I took it and I'm, I hate it. I wish I, if I could cancel it, I would cancel it. No, those guys are both, I have third round grades on both those guys. Those both guys will probably both go in the second round. I think McCorkle <laughs> might fall to the second round. That would be shocking. I don't think he falls to second. Right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't think that happens. Uh, my point being is that I wish I could cancel that bet, uh, and I would not mess around with the tight ends. Where something yeah. like that is plus 350. I mean, you're gonna, you're, you're locked you, for Kyle Pitts, but you need you have one. the, uh, over under on Kyle Pitts draft? We do. It's actually, uh, it is set at five and a half, oh. and the under is minus 130. That's, uh, that's a great number. I, I think I love the under. How the, the Bengals are not dude. Kyle Pitts gonna fall to the Dolphins at six? Well, if they, 
Falcons trade down. Someone comes up and gets a quarterback. And, and then, then the they Bengals go, take Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell. Yeah. And then you're out of whatever you do. I mean, I, I can see the Bengals taking Jamar Chase over Kyle Pitts, if only because it would make Joe Burrow very happy. No, I get all that, but I mean, you're trying to win a bet. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm, I, I just think, I don't think the Falcons are going to trade. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to be their pick at four. And you have a little fallback option if they don't take him where the Bengals take him at five, but I'm a little so worried. Let's do the math here. So let's say the, and this won't happen, but just for the sake of conversation, let's say the, the Lions at seven want to trade up because they want to get Justin Fields or whoever, McCorkle, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And then the Falcons go from four to seven. Yep. So if I'm Atlanta and Detroit's coming for a quarterback, I do that in a heartbeat. I don't think Detroit right, so, wants well, a quarterback. But that's so, yeah, I know. Four yeah. quarterbacks off the board with the first four picks. At five, who are the Bengals taking? They're taking Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts? I, I think they'll take Jamar Chase. Okay. So then at six, then the, the, are the Bengals, are the, Dolphins, the Dolphins are like dancing around taking But Kyle can they Pitts. take Panay Sewell or no? I think they'll take Kyle. I think they're taking a playmaker. Yeah. So even if you're, so right, you have to love Kyle Pitts and the Falcons very well made. So you stay put because you can't even go to seven and get Kyle Pitts. You get Panay Sewell and get a, whatever the, the draft hall is for the, the trade. Yeah, down. but they have Jake Matthews and they have Lindstrom and they have um, McGarry. I mean, they need, they don't need a playmaker. It's, it's, I just think. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that, I think the Falcons are willing to, I think the Falcons will move out of four for a future first round pick, but I don't think the Lions will give them a future first to go from seven to four. No, no. I don't think the Patriots will be willing to pay what it costs to get from 15 to four. Broncos. No, I mean, they may. It depends. All well, my point being is that I just think they're going to stay at four and take Kyle Pitts. Do the Broncos at nine have to give a first round pick to get up to four? Is that enough distance? I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because when you get down to nine, you're, you're you're sliding out of that range of those elite guys unless you want to take a, a cornerback, which is which entirely is possible. They, yeah, they definitely need a cornerback. That could be a play. But again, I, I mean, is that here's the other thing: is that extra first round pick offset the value that Kyle Pitts brings to your team immediately? I mean, Kyle Pitts is freaking awesome. Right. The answer is probably no. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I have yeah, I have five and a half locally here too. Man, you have the Friermuth over under. Uh, you know, I could probably find it on Circus Sports. Circus Sports, but oh, I didn't a, know because I know that. Um, William Hill goes deep on those things. Maybe we're not close enough for the draft, but I was going to uh, guess. I don't think William Hill has him up, but I, I think, I know Circa listed him by position. I, I would say up. 40, like 45, it seems. 45 right. for a, That's where I had him going in the draft. I feel like that's around let's the range. See. Tight oh. ends. I go under 45. Tight ends. Four. Oh, they, did they do this in alphabetical order? Killing me, guys. F. No? No, t- no, 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 no. The tight, uh, alphabetical by position. Oh. Oh, I just missed it. Here it is. Uh, 42 and a half. That's close. Like, I don't know which way to go in that. I think Kenny White's thing is always go over on the, on these draft over-unders. Cause they can fall. Right. So, all right. Cool. Trimble, Trimble's over under 85 and a half. There's only three tight ends listed. Yeah. That's, that's a crapshoot. It just depends on which team likes them because of the lack of production. You don't So know. they have Jamar Chase listed at minus 240 and under for under six and a half. God. That's when, when it gets to 240, what it's telling you, and, and look, these books are reacting mostly to the news and the rumors out there. But right. when it gets to 240, what they're telling you is, hey, look, uh, we don't want you to bet this. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. So if you remember last year, draft only prop bets, did you make money or not? I did because I had, oh, I was talking about this earlier with somebody. I, I didn't do very well on my actual pick, like the over under picks. Yeah. 
but I had Andrew Thomas first offensive lineman drafted at five to one. Golly, you took that. That's, that's pretty ballsy. I had it in my mock draft too. Um, and, uh, maybe I'll do one this year. And, <laughs> and <Zone that> time. <laughs> maybe Monday, maybe I'll just whip one up. You're going to do it. You're going to do it Friday morning today after two days after. Yeah. 32 out of 32, baby. Uh, and then I, uh, and then I also hit and I got to give, I can't remember. Maybe it was at Vegas Refund on Twitter or the Deep Dive Pod with Andy and Drew. I can't remember where I got this one from, but it was Field. Or maybe it's Dan Lifshatz. I can't. Somebody on gambling Twitter hooked me up with this, but it was Field was thirty to one for first kicker taken. Wait, wait, what does that mean? So there were like ten names for first kicker taken. Yeah, and the field was just mispriced at thirty to one. So the 10 names, you would take anyone other than those 10 names? Correct. And Rohauser was not one of the 10 names. I mean, like, that's a no-brainer for a kicker. He was like, the first kicker taken? Yeah. Remember the Patriots took him like the fifth round? Yeah, no, he got in trouble after the tattoos thing. Yeah. But, but he doesn't get in trouble if he's a, if he's a seventh round pick because nobody cares. Right. Yeah, that's true. Wow. I can't believe you hit on that one. Yeah. So, uh, I hit those two and those kind of offset the other bad picks. Last right. year was tough. Oh, well, there you go. You still made money. That's good. I, I feel I feel pretty good about this year, mainly because I am. This year feels tougher than last year, just based on what you've talked about to me. That's what the, the well, exposure. Well, I have a bunch of, um, I guess you call it CLV, like closing line value on. Mm. Well, I have I have I have Justin Fields' third overall pick at plus two fifty, and I have. Yeah, tr- you're, you're sweating that one. Go ahead. And I have Mac Jones over three and a half at plus two hundred. Oh, I have a hard sweat. And I have uh Trey Lance third overall pick at three to one. So but the but here's the key. So like right now if McCorkle is a third pick, I'm in the I'm in the weeds. You're <laughs> he, in doo-doo. Yeah. It's like it's like I'm either up twenty units or down twenty units based on McCorkle going three overall. But the good news is Mac Jones now plus one seventy five to be the third overall pick. He was minus 303 on Thursday. Oh, right. Yeah. So that's a wild shift. So there's a pretty good chance that if it continues to shift. Oh, you're going to bet that too. I'm going to get, I'm going to hedge out a little bit on some Mac Jones. I want to get him at, I want to get Mac Jones, Trey Lance and Justin Fields all at plus 250 or better to be the third overall pick. And then it's, I mean, and then I'm just going to profit one way or the other. It's just how much am I going to profit? Well, as we said, Mike Lombardi, the former GM says no way Justin Fields at three, but that does leave him. Maybe he means Justin Fields will go two. Oh, that would be a huge hit for you, yeah. No, that would and be bad. No, field, a, the field to two is bad. For you? You had yeah. under, under three. No, I have third overall. Oh. Not under if, it, if it's, uh, if it's, if it's Lawrence Fields McCorkle, I'm in the wind. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the poorhouse. Yeah. Um, well, Jason Lockham Ford did write that, are we all convinced that Zach Wilson is the number two overall pick? I mean, we just sort of convinced ourselves of this. But yeah. There's been no sort of, Definitive word out of the, the, the Jets camp. So yeah. Well, I I, 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 that's what sort of I was bringing up for it. I mean, I get it, but like, what would be the point of smoke screening for the Jets? It's not like, it's not, it's like 2012. It's not like we were, it's not like the Jaguars are going to take not Trevor Lawrence. You hope not. I would take Fields second overall if it were me. Jacksonville Jaguars with the first overall pick take Trey Lawrence. Nope, but I'm, but right. I'm saying, like, if you're the Jets, why would you pretend that you're no, all in it. on Zach Wilson? I mean, just be all in on Zach Wilson. They don't need to say anything. No, don't have to say also, anything. Also, I think, I don't know if you said this or someone else did. The NFL doesn't want all the NFL, the, I mean, the Jaguars are taking Trevor Lawrence. They haven't announced it. 
Right. That's the thing. So maybe they, they've been instructed to not say anything. Correct. But JLC says he thinks people I – mean, that would be a pretty big swerve on draft night if they announced Justin Fields second overall. Well, that the NFL doesn't care. That makes it all the more exciting. Mm. All right. That's it. That's the show. Brian Wilson, as always, fun. We will uh, talk later this week. Thanks, buddy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.